takhle táboři, škodou stona oravu, spěchám proto riskuji, projíždím přes moravu, řádí tamto strašidlo, vystupuje z bážin, žere hlavně pražáky, jmenuje se Jožin. Jožin z bážin, močálem se plíží, Jožin z bážin, k vesnici se blíží, Jožin z bážin, už si zuby brousí, Jožin z bážin, kouše sa jerdousí, na Jožina z bážin, koho by to napadlo, platí jen a pouze praškovací letadlo. Now, ladies and gents, welcome back to episode 21 of Tales from the East Stand, sponsored by Petrie East. Now, uh, we have a great show coming up this week. We have Milada Boleslav, the first leg last week and the second leg in the Czech Republic on Thursday. Questions from the East Stand with Mikey O'Connor and Brando Mille. Now, I am Gary Parsons, and of course, beside me is the prof, Carl Riley. Hello again. Now, we had Ray the Guinness Guzzler Wilson on our monthly Special monthly madness last week. Great crack of Johnny Blues, old stories, reminiscent of old games and goals. And monthly madness has proven to be quite a hit. And uh, we will have Paflin on in the coming month or two, live from Johnny Blues. So we are looking forward to having a few drinks and seeing what makes Paflin tick. Yeah, it was great fun last week. Uh, from what people said to us, they loved the opening music, and they loved great show, Carl. That was Carl's show. Fantastic, cracked up when you when you when you told me. <laughs> even even Ray's family quite enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, and. Uh, a lot of people said to me, love the sounds of the cans opening. Which is all yeah. just natural process. That just happens. <laughs> to be honest, I was kind of doing it on purpose after a while. I was just pouring it near the microphone. <laughs> yeah. But uh, also props to Ray for leaning into the microphone during recording. Very professional. Jason yeah. Maloney, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, also, if I had a euro for every time someone in the last few weeks has said to me, don't put that in the podcast, Carl. I would have many euros. Yeah. Many, many euros. One thing we forgot to mention was that Ray finally got into the Rovers chat. He was um he was he was being blocked because Pat Camartin kept thinking it was a piss take. He was like, surely no one is it's not Ray Wilson, so we kept blocking him. Yeah, he only had like one friend on Facebook, so who is this nobody? No, no profile Can't picture. be him. Yeah, yeah, so he got him he got in eventually. It actually is Ray, we can confirm that. He is real on Facebook. Um so we move on to Football side of things now. We lost 3-2 on Tala to Milada Boleslav. Bradley picked the same team again as expected. Um, we really have nailed down our starting 11 now, I reckon, Carl. Yeah, that's our strongest 11. Although, I actually would have liked McAllister to play in that particular game because Boleslav were a physical team. And Conley, he did have quite a few misplaced passes in the game. Yeah. Possibly a fall for the third goal. He was kind of caught in no man's land. He was, and he was uh, even even for the second goal. He was skinned quite easily on the edge of the box. Mm. But um, there was another Swedish referee. So that's two in a row. Mm. After not having any Swedish referees for sixty years, and then we've two two come along when it rains it pours. Yeah, as for the crowd, I was I was optimistically hoping for about five thousand, but it actually looked like it was less than the Starland crowd, which yeah, is disappointing. Which doesn't make sense. Um, I heard a theory that people were going to the Celtic and Burnley games instead, and maybe it was one too many. But you could, I mean, I mean, you can imagine that could be the case because it, it was a busy week, busy month for Rovers. Considering, I mean, like we'll talk about this later on. The Pride of Rings end got cancelled. You know, it's a busy, busy week. Hmm. A lot of people might just not have the money. I mean, these are all cash games, so they. Person, we know what what games we pick competitive all day long, but some people might go for the glamour friendly, and that's it, you know. Not just that it's competitive. Celtic was on TV. This one wasn't. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Boleslav looked like they brought about twenty five fans or so. Yeah, very disappointed with that as well. Very disappointed. I think there was more Starland fans. How many were you expecting that? I was expecting more. I mean, maybe over a hundred, between a hundred and two hundred. Anyway, you know, a big enough crowd. Well. Uh, some um, Czech gentleman posted on Facebook just before kickoff, and he said, "Rovers, you will win today. <laughs> Boleslav is one of the weakest teams in the Czech division. Every year they fall out in the first round. Oh, it is team without any supporters. It is shame for Czech Republic. <laughs> Good luck, Czech Republic. Shame. 
So we move on to one of the first chances of the game, which was Madden, and a clearance off the line. A remarkable one, too, as well. Tomer was buried, to be honest. Saw a great picture of a true uh, photographer's camera. It was Bobby Best, wasn't it? Yeah. And you saw how close it was. And actually, yeah. special mention for Simon Madden the last uh, five, six games. He's been brilliant. He's been brilliant, and he's been getting no kind of um, praise. Well, he's giving, he has been getting praise, but not what deserve what he deserves so he's he's so consistent that it would take him you would need him to have a bad game for anyone to single him out yeah because you just expect it from him at this stage that's it because it's, it's a he's just so consistent every game so like you said it's expected now uh we are one nil down at half time goal goal mabratu got the goal nicely timed run and a lovely finish for his first one yeah and they're uh they're sudan born australian striker maybe we had uh mentioned him on the show yeah he was uh, it was across from the right and he was too quick and it was a lovely top corner header so he's a good player isn't he yeah uh, Ray, sharp Ray's son actually took an interest in this guy being from Sydney himself but I think he's a under 23 Australian international but yeah he got a brace in this game so yeah he was just that, 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 that his movement was just a little bit better and he was a little bit quicker than our lads and um, I think that's the type of thing we need to expect we need to ex- like to pee go and, and, and Webby just be a little bit tighter on him that's it the first two goals from their point of view they were well worked goals yeah the third one just looked really soft it was really hard to take now to be, to be honest lovely header and great finish in that but I mean it just looked too easy didn't it just looked too easy mm-hmm. carved open too easy and I think we can. We're, we're a better squad than we're a better team than that. We can defend better than that. So uh, we we'll move on to Graham Bork. He is starting to show form. How talented is this kid? I mean, he's he's, he's some of his touches were outstanding. He's a couple of pirouettes, technically wonderful. And I mean, hopefully it continues because I, I think he's being coached now on how to express himself in the right way in the pitch. And his decision making is getting better as well. So one thing we were frustrated with at the start of the season was his decision making. Is it safe to say that we've forgiven him now? Ah, yeah, he's definitely forgiven. I mean, we we said it as well. There were some people really overreacting as regards to his his treatment and how he should be treated after his his red card. We always said, listen, hammer him, make him train with the nineteens, find him, do whatever. He doesn't need to. Have, some people are telling saying they had to leave the club. It was some crazy. People wanted him turfed he out. Be, it was dis- yeah, it was discipline. He had to be disciplined, and that was it. Then get him back in the team. That's how we feel and how we felt about it. Still do. You mentioned his touch. I mean, the touch, aside from how great a goal it was, the first touch from the throw in. That was beautiful, wasn't it? was incredible. And then I think, I think you and I only started watching it after he hit it. Uh, we, we just, yeah. I, think, I don't know what we were talking about, but we literally just saw it leave his foot and go in the top corner, and we were like, what the fuck? Was I just that? looked up and I saw the ball bending. I was like, what's happening here? <laughs> The reaction from like, the crowd. Oh, it was unbelievable. What a goal. Screamer. Probably the best goal ever scored in Tala. I'm struggling to name or think of a better one, Carl. Can you can you think of one? I, I honestly can't. I was thinking about it last night. I can't think of a better goal scored. Opposition or over. I mean, there's been a few good long-range ones. And this Mika- season has been some... McAllister against Harps was, yeah. was, certain, a, was a beauty. Just for the, the opportunist strike that it was and the way it just went in the top corner. It's... There's no better strike. We'll do. We could get a pole going. We we'll get a pole going. But uh, yeah, we mentioned their reaction. I mean, the frenzy in the East End after that goal went in. And you see Gary Shaw's reaction to it. Yeah, brilliant. It was similar to uh, Trevor Malloy. Yeah, for McCourt's goal. For McCourt's yeah. hat-trick against Bray. I love how the keeper was, you know, standing still. Just could do nothing. His reaction was brilliant as well. He couldn't just walk and threw his hands down. And yeah. like, oh. That makes the goal better than if he had dived. He just watches it go in. Brilliant. And uh, the clip is proving very popular online. Anytime yeah. it pops up on our timeline, I watch it. Yeah. At least two or three times. Hands up who's watched it 80 times. <laughs> it's seriously addictive. Such a good goal. Yeah, good man, Glett. Still up in the gantry capturing these goals yeah that's it and you know what there is some opportunists out there who just happen to record every corner or, or a throw in that's near the goal and, and we end up uh, capturing that bit of magic on video and um, so it went on that was one all and then the 2-1 was a kick in the teeth because we were well in it and it was a really frustrating goal to concede it just looked I was just screaming just get it out Conley was skint on the edge of the box they worked it in the cross was just like a half hearted 
fluky cross and then Mabratu just poked it in. It was really, really frustrating goal to concede. Absolutely, it was frustrating, but their close combination play was impressive, to be fair. I mean, True. they're a decent team. Yeah. No, they are, they are decent. And they're only in pre-season as well. But like I said, when you have that bit of quality like Mabratu up front mm-hmm. and the number eight. He was pulling the strings, wasn't he? He was pulling all the strings. He's 35. He's on loan from Sparta Prague. His name is Marek Matejovski. He's a couple of caps. He's nearly 20 caps. Played for Redden. So he's a good player. Experience and he just showed, you know, kind of that McPhail-esque type of player. Mm. Good touch, good technique and just ran the show, didn't he? Well, both of their... Their first two goals, it came against the, the run and play, really, didn't it? Yeah. Which good teams can do. Yep. You know, they're under the cosh, and they nick a goal when they need to. I but think we uh, needed McAllister on at that stage. You know, we we both. I think we both wanted McAllister to start. I would have just said to McAllister, "Listen, go in and boo him. <laughs> Show him that he's in the game, and kind of unsettle him, unnerve him. You know, get the ball as well, obviously." Wish someone had built that number seventeen because yeah he was he's he was he a was shit house very, yeah diving he got done for diving the first half he he got booked I think so yeah, yeah. it was blatant stuff I was thinking of putting him on the list of hatred yeah he's he, he, you know we'll see how we get on the second leg he could get, he could <laughs> end up on it um what else have we got we have Finn and Shaw had chances and you know what these were clean cut pretty much one on ones just good saves by the keeper I thought Finn Finn the option to pass for Finn wasn't really on Brando was a little bit behind him I think Shaw's he was being marked I think he did the right thing in shooting but maybe should have curled the top corner Shaw's shot was a rocket yeah wasn't Shaw it? had his chance in the first half as well a one on one and the rocket was just an opportunist strike but Jesus it was, a, it was some, some save it was a great save yeah Tomer made a good save at his near post I don't know if it was before or after or probably before Shaw but uh, another big save from Tomer. Yeah. We had the McAllister sub as well. I think Brazza brought him on a 2-1. My take on this is that he thought he'll keep this scoreline at 2-1. Hopefully nick a goal, even make a 2 all, And then he can go with them over there. I mean, he thought they would have... I think that Brazza thought to himself he won't concede again. i bring Davey, Mac- Davey Mack on. And we can try and... Uh, bit of damage limitation and go over there with a 2-1 scoreline. And, and, try and, and try and score and win over there. But then came the third. It was Jan... Ramosta made it 3-1 with a sweeping move and header so like I said disappointing, disappointing goals to concede what was interesting with the sub was when when has Bradley ever taken so long to make his first sub but that yeah. was 82 minutes it was tight wasn't it we, we, you could feel it, it was uh, there was pressure there and as well with Lukey Lukey struggled with their pace in this one he was cut out a few times and you live and you learn you know I'm sure Brad's and the players will have learned a lot from the overall experience and uh mm. I wouldn't be too critical of anyone because, like I said, if this had been a Nutsy team or a Crawley team, I don't think they would have showed as much heart as this team has shown. And that that's that's a it's a very endearing characteristic to have as a team to to show heart and and play like that. You know, it's, probably it's, wouldn't have gone out with a whimper under a Nutsy's team. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. We'd have sat back with Nutsy and Crawley players would have been too drained from looking at his presentations beforehand, so they're wrecked already, and his his his, uh, his graphs and his charts. Yeah, I mean, a 3-1, the tie is over, let's be honest. But then, yep. in injury time, Burke gets this goal, and it's a real lifeline. Yeah. So we got and the second uh, goal. Uh, it was cross from the right. It was, in, in fairness to Connolly, it was a the free kick. Nice little chip ball in. Hmm. Took possession, and uh, then Burke nearly burst the net. So it was a lifeline, and as the song goes, it's not over yet. Hundreds of people had walked out before the goal. Do you notice? I, I don't like. I can understand people walk. That people say they walk out to get the bus. They say they walk out to get their cars. That was a mass walkout because of the goal. Anyone tells you any different? It's bollocks. The second that goal went in, hundreds of people got out of, got out of their, their seat and, and walked away. Mm. Some walk to the corner flag, which I've done myself before. Yeah, it's like I mean, I walk at ten, so sometimes I'll go down. Yeah, and the lads in the East End will see me 88, 89 minute just to wait at the at the very end and then I'll go grab the flag and then I'm gone maybe you grab the flag whatever but I, I always stay till the 90th never leave beforehand that's just the way I feel I, I can't leave before the 90th minute I have to stay there till the final whistle and then, and then I'll go it's just the thing I have but like I said some people do leave before the 90 minutes I think it's crazy but in saying that they do want to go and maybe, maybe they have things to do that's, that's a discussion for another day it's not even relevant to be honest so we'll talk about other performances here we have Ronan Finn I think he must be the fittest guy in the league Carl oh, he's been the brilliant. amount of ground he covers he never stops really admirable performance and 
I say when these European teams go up against Finn, they're probably in awe of them. Yeah, like no. you, you play in the league, Ireland. Yeah, he's a well, good. He, yeah. yeah, this is really, really good, good season so far. Brandon Trail have had off days. I thought the thing with Trevor Clark is, and I ran into Andrew Matthews, and we pretty much said the same thing. Is that you can tell from the first five minutes whether or not Trevor Clark is going to have a good game or not. Yeah, it's by how he runs at the fullback, and if he doesn't go past him, it's like okay. Here's an off day it's one for of those Trevor. days, yeah. And he's no in between. He's either amazing or he's kind of flat. Yes, I mean, everybody has off days. and I mean, this team works hard and as, as one of the fans over because of that, they always try none of these uh, lethargic, crawly-esque performances. I mean, there's, like I said, there's real heart there. Well, it was a real brave performance, wasn't it? And the game itself, it was just really, it was a, it was really cracker, entertaining game. Yeah, it was an I absolute mean, cracker That's game. what I love about this team. They go out and they want to attack. And even Bradza said it. Bradza was very confident in his interview. He said that, you know, we're not gonna, we know we're going to score over there. So hopefully that doesn't come back to bite him. But. Well, a lot of people use the word proud. And uh, I definitely got that vibe from Bradza in his interview afterwards. You could mm-hmm. just tell how proud of his players he was after that. And we should have scored more goals. That's the thing yeah. as well. So, I mean, these lads can be carved open. And personally, I have my 2-0 scorecast on at 50-1. to one, So, Yeah, well, I mean, this team is ranked 182 places above us. I mean, obviously they're a step up from Starnan. But they're not great at the back. No. So we're well capable of scoring. Anything can happen. Stranger things have happened. Put it that way. I... I have to say, I doubt if we can keep a clean sheet over there, but I think we're capable of getting two goals. Yeah, and we're definitely capable of pulling off a result and getting through this round. Now we uh, move on to an issue we had at, with security in Talit and with the bags. Now, I wasn't checked going in, a lot of people were, and they were told no bags at all going into the ground. So there was confusion about this, and it did become a problem online after the game and during the game I mean some lads hid, the, hid their bags in bushes in Sean Walsh Park some had them in their friends cars it is an issue but I believe it has since been dealt with an announcement has been made so nobody hopefully nobody was too put out by it and, and, and we can put it behind us because it was it was, a, it was a problem I will say that the manner of the new security team it's not great so it doesn't help the situation when you're being uh, when they're being rude to the fans well they're already pissed off because they can't bring their bag in so apparently only small sided our small A4 size bags from now on, folks. So, and it's be see through. Yeah, as we see through. So I read that someone had to walk all the way back to his car with his flag. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's not ideal. So hopefully it's it's done and dusted, and uh, we can move on from that problem. When the steward has said to me at the Starland game, it says you're okay with your bag this week, but next week the rules are going to change. And actually, I forgot about it, but I just didn't happen to have a bag with me. Now let's this stress game. this guys This is an FAI This is being pushed By the FAI this It's across the board policy. Isn't it yeah, It's UEFA FAI thing Yeah so it's not Club policy It's uh, it's FAI So Yeah but Yeah a lot of people Are angry over it I mean If you're coming from work Or you have to go Straight to work I mean how are you Not going to have a bag Yeah very true Which is which is my situation As well So I mean It didn't affect me No but um, like I said, it did affect a lot of people, and hopefully we can move on. And there's no bad blood or um, anything like that. So now we have a couple of Facebook posts here about the game. Um, we're gonna read uh, Paul O'Connell Ashbourne, one of the founders of Gary Twig Supporters Club bus, our Supporters Club. Uh, it was a pretty open affair towards the end, and it's brilliant to see a young team so good offensively, even at three-one down. Pity about Shazzy shot, but look, it was no route. We made some great chances. A team is being built and Rome wasn't built in a day. They're a far better outfit that some had given them credit for. Guaranteed that we have gained more respect out of that game tonight and for the way Bradley and the Rovers team played it. The roar and the chanting to the team at the end spoke volumes about where we are as a collective. Roll on next week. We'll bring a crowd to the party. KOH. Uh, Ashbourne has a way of words. Great way of summing that up. And then we have Pat Kilmartin who says, maybe it's just in contrast to the previous five seasons, but was thinking on the way home tonight and now I'm enjoying the season as much as I ever have, even Tolka or the MON era. It's now just the feeling of a collective stepping back from a brink, uh, the growing feeling of unity, the work behind the club and the academy project. It's also just the simple pleasure of watching a young team slowly come together in the right way, a team and manager that you can actually, actually like and that appear to understand just what it means to play for this club completely agree with Pat's sentiments there mm. it's something that 
we we haven't felt like this in, the, in years since MON about a team that we like the team we like the manager we like the style and everything that's going on around the club it's really really positive and if there is negatives we will say it but at the moment there's there's not that many negatives so it's all positive and it's all good so so Cork lost one at home to AEK Larnaca and Dundalk the night before had drawn one all at home to Rosenborg in the Champions League so both toys are still alive and that was uh, Cork's first defeat of 2017. First defeat of 2017. Yeah, 29 competitive games. Bray had been the last team to beat them on the last day of last season. Will it Bray? Oh yeah, I remember that. Will this be the start of their stutter, Carl? Will they? Uh, will it continue on into the league uh, with with the loss of O'Connor and Maguire? Well, that's the big question, isn't it? Like? A big, big question now. I honestly think Maguire is a smashing player. Really, really hard to deal with, and he is. Very gonna be very very hard to replace. Shepard won't replace him. The sign sadly. Sadly, I won't replace him. Um, like I said, these players come along every so often, every every couple of years. We still haven't replaced Gary Twig. No offense to Gary Shaw. He's trying his best. He's doing and he's 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 doing really well for us. But you, it's just very hard to replace a goal scorer like that. So they could struggle. Um, and the draw for the third qualifying round was on Friday. The groupings came out on that morning. We could get our old friends. We could have gotten our old friends as BK. Our progress need a corn again. But um, if we get through, we play Karat Almaty from Kazakhstan or Skindabrow from Albania. Turn into a proper European tourist, isn't it? Because that's, that's the far end of Kazakhstan. I mean... Not far from the Chinese border. Yeah, I think the Gary Twig supporters bus are doing trips to the Great Wall. A day trip to the Great Wall of China. Oh, cool. So if you want to get on that bus, the Gary Twig supporters bus is the way to go. Almaty is only a 10-hour flight, so uh, there's no way it'll be only a complimentary soft drinks on that one. If we do get through, they have to break out the hard stuff on that one. Yeah. And... Um, we have Cork City Forest, Co-op Hibernian City. <laughs> if they can turn around the f- this toy, they would face Rabot Nikki of Macedonia or Dinamo Minsk of Belarus. Bowles brought 20 fans. Bowles brought 20 fans. That was just for your downfall. <laughs> and we have Dundalk would play Celtic, who beat Linfield 2-0 in Belfast and are pretty much true. Did you see Lee Griffiths getting booked for showing the ref the bottle of Buckfast thrown at him by Linfield fans? That's exactly what I have in my notes here, Gary. I was going to say, he got booked for having the bottle thrown at him. Yeah, absolute animals. I mean, what type of person throws away alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> Why only half a bottle? Is the question. Yeah, I don't know. It's Buckfast. Um, but, um, yeah, crazy stuff. He wrapped a flag. He wrapped a scarf on a flag as well, so he got, he got in trouble for that. But, uh, a couple yeah. of sneaky hand gestures as well. Yeah, part of me kind of wants them to go through now because I don't know if we mentioned the show before but this mess that the FBI have made themselves where they have this friendly between Man United and Sampdoria yeah at the anything the that affects the FBI in a negative yeah. light give me, give me some of that and people said at the time well what if Dundalk get through and they draw a big team and here they are they're going in one all and they will play Celtic and they could do it. I mean, they were not They would have to play a Diviva the day before. Or I saw someone suggest they should actually play the Tata. Probably have a better chance of winning then. Yeah, you could say uh, that. And uh, Everton would play Bran from Norway. Remember them? Yeah. SK Bran, is it? Yeah. Well, we could have only got unseeded teams. That's why we, we couldn't have faced AC Milan and Bilbao and all them. The big yeah. guns. So we'd, we'd actually take of seeding into the third qualifying round if we were to beat them oh lovely stuff uh, what else have we got Carl we have the Burnley game they beat us 4-0 in Tala and a friendly on Friday night John Walters and Robbie Brady Irish internationals both got on the score sheet uh, Sean Dyche was full of praise uh, for us nice guy we tried to get a word with him but uh, he was having his dinner so we'll roll, the, we'll roll that audio anyway the time has come for this cookie Bit of a messy year, isn't he, Sean Deutsch? Yeah. Um, yeah, so you had the same 11 as the Celtic game, except Richie English in for Darren Meenan, who made a sub appearance, and now Dan Devine again. I wonder what the story is with the two lads. Darren Meenan didn't go to Iceland, and Dan Devine doesn't seem to be getting a look in. Well, I remember when uh, we had Jason here, we were kind of talking about how after McCasder had been red carded against Cork yeah he hasn't had a look in since so he's had no starts 
and it's somewhat similar to Darren Meenan now because he's only started one game since his red card against Sundock mm. uh, Sean Heaney only started the League Cup against Longford since he was sent off against Pats yeah. and now he's been sent off on loan shipped out on loan to Waterford so it does it's not like they're they're all being banished but it's kind of like once you lose your pace in the team it's hard to get back in again yeah which is very as, true though as McAllister is finding you've got to work hard to get back in man because we have a solid 11 so but the then, lads definitely have their work cut out for them but uh, do you see um, we changed it to Shamrock Rovers 11 this time yeah against Burnley <laughs> I kind of wish that had been the case against Celtic so then when you open the newspapers it would say Shamrock Rovers 11 under nil 12 Celtic Academy 9 team <laughs> Rather than, you know, appearing like the first team. But now UCD had a better time than us. They beat Charlton 4-1. They have a friendly in them. Do you know that? They've beaten Villarreal 4-3 mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And do you know what? Good old Kenny Barrett, crumbling stalwart, and uh, now lives in Glasgow. He had a tenner on UCD to beat them at 16. So that's <laughs> Ken's drinking money for Prague. So we'll meet up with you. And over there, Kenny will we'll have a gargle. UCD, doing the league proud. And I'm oh, sure you'll really? see an increase in attendances now because of that. Yeah, that's it. They'll have uh, they have eight people at their game instead of four. Mm. So we can move on uh, from the Burnley game. Talk about Pats beating Derry 2-1 on Friday. But they're still in the relegation zone after Sligo's draw with Drogheda. And it's getting tough down at the bottom, isn't it? Yeah, that was Pats' first win in nine games. Fourth in nine? Yeah. So Could it be their turning point? There's six turning points I've heard this season. Yeah, do you know what? Pats, friend and work... And he, fair play to him we probably do the same thing but every, he's always finding something positive say so, oh yeah we played this played that I say shut up you you lost we won one game in nine you fuck off fucking junkie <laughs> yeah but it's, uh, it's a good result for us in Europe though, which is the important thing because Derry lost they're one point behind us now yeah Bray lost Bray well. remains to be seen what kind of Bray is this going to be for the rest of the year I think they've lost two games so far but and there has been rumblings of match fixing in um, Bray's neck of the woods. Read a couple of sneaky things online. Now that's all speculation, so do not quote us. First person to question, Connor Cannon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else we got? We have Killian Brennan, banned from driving, found over the limit, and uh, he's just an upstanding member of society, society isn't he? Of course. He's just a a role model. I know this pass turned around the game after he came off. Yeah. Every, every, it's, just, it's just standard, normal service. But we have Finn Harps beat Bowles 2-1. Not a good result for Pats either. And they got the win. So, I mean, they were probably hoping a couple of other results went their way as well. But for Harps pulled out of a, pulled a win against Bowles. Some uh, a good display by Pat McCourt. Some job Ollie Horgan's doing there. I, I, I actually like Ollie Horgan. I think he's a bit of crack. <laughs> like sometimes in his after match interview, they'll turn, he'll turn around and go, "Yeah, we were rubbish. He deserved <laughs> absolutely nothing from the game." Do you mean sometimes? Yeah. Every week he says, <laughs> "He's class. I gotta love him. Looks like something else. Spitting image, big rubber heading him." So, you, you mentioned McCart though. That true ball. Ah, uh, he's just still got it. Hasn't it was he? filthy, wasn't it? You just never. Yeah, it was mank. I mean, you never lose. You you have that type of mank in your system. You never lose it. <laughs> Who else in the league would even be aware that pass was on? Mm, yeah, fucking brilliant. Class, class player. So, move on to Cork's 2-0 win at Bray. Sean McGuire's final league appearance. A crowd of nearly 1,900 at the Carlisle grounds. We had oh, just 2-2-2-5 in April. And we had John Rod Stewart Connolly was there. He said that Cork had about 800 at the game. Well, how many and, paid in is another story. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's a great crowd, in fairness. Um, yeah, apparently the Chicken Wings Festival was in Bray. So that may have something to do with the, yeah, the crowd all, there. Yeah, over that. That would have dragged me out to Bray now for the day. So yeah. I definitely would have been hitting that. I'd say Brian Laws was there too. Yeah, Brian. Like, likes the Chicken Wings. <laughs> yeah. We had, uh, what else have we got? We have Bray players placing themselves on the transfer list, which is crazy. Very messy situation there. How can they do that? How can you place yourself on a transfer list? Every interview I've heard on, on, on Trans or Soccer Republic that was all negative towards the owners as well. So there's something not right there. There's definitely something not right there. All these like this the the money just happened to appear after like two or three days of discussions. It's it's a it's very, very dodgy. I think they're entitled to do that, but they can only force their release 
if they go four weeks unpaid four weeks unpaid so there's mm. actually there's actually written stuff on this right I didn't know yeah. that you see their under 17's manager had a bit of a meltdown I saw that he, he went crazy about Rovers he, he was talking all sorts of smack about us I think he apologised in the end but yeah. a couple of people know him I think they got on to him and they, they pretty much said listen shut up I think he's a Shells fan so and, and I think he apologised uh, we have a possible foreign investor for Galway <sighs> just say no Galway seriously Galway says no <laughs> just don't just 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 don't listen to them they're just going to do the exact same thing a couple of results are going to look dodgy a lot of Russian oil barons are going to make a lot of money off these bets and then you're just going to end up in the shit so just say no well, I put up on Twitter I said has there been a successful foreign investor in the League of Ireland and then Emma Malone replied and said, well, go, go deeper than that. Has anyone actually made a profit? There you go. And there's no point. There's no money in it, man. There's no money. It's all just dodginess. So on Tuesday of last week, the under-19s beat Cabotini 1-0 away to another Richie English goal and a penalty. So next up is Waterford and Talent on Sunday. So you could get to that game and then head straight to Dundalk for our top-of-the-table clash with um, Stephen Kenny's men. Wonder will the dock be moved though if they beat Rosenberg? Yeah, it all remains to be seen. So we we, we might need to be playing that game. I will preview it anyway. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, on Monday night, the 17s beat Cabin Tilly 2 1. So as it stands, it's Tuesday morning now. So last night, 2 1 at the Rosestone. Connor Bean, uh, Rovers lifelong player and fan, with the winner. Their next game is away to Cove on Saturday at 2pm. So, uh, good crowd at the game as well. Yeah, there's a big crowd at Rolestone. Uh, People are starting to jump on it now. It's very, very good. I'm loving this. I'm loving the enthusiasm towards the young guys. Lots of first-teamers there. Some fans checking out yeah. the place for the first time. You can even have a half-time point if you want. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, a, it's a great... I mean, think about it. A half-time point at the 17s game. And you're seeing the young starlets who could be in the first team in years to come. Brilliant. Now, speaking of the Rolestone, we have additional information here about an extension. So, the proposed extension and alteration of the sports centre has been submitted. So, uh, the South Dublin County Council has received our application to pretty much just restructure the whole place. So, plans for the extension and alterations to the Rolestone Group Sports Club were submitted last February by the Sports Club. So the proposed development at Kingswood Cross contains plans for the construction of a new single-storey flat roof extension measuring measuring 303 square metres to the rear and the side of existing sports club. So that would be the Shamrock Rovers football building. And there are plans for the extension to accommodate four changing rooms, a physio room, a gym, a referee's room, a coaching room and a TV lounge. So top of the range facilities. There are also plans for a storeroom and all other associated facilities. And the council requested additional information on the proposed development in April and received clarification on additional information from the applicant last month. So, um, the Water Services section and Irish Water had concerns about the location of the subject site in relation to two flood zones. So, uh, no problems there. And all a decision on the plan application has yet to be made by South Dublin County Council. Can't see it being a problem. So, we're going to roll on with the football building and hopefully it will be done sooner rather than later the new pitches have been laid the grass pitches and everything is looking all rosy at the moment up in the Rollstone well as we mentioned before we were out there but I think our next step is to actually watch a match there yeah, isn't it definitely yeah definitely a couple of points on a sunny day we have our under 15s league starting next month big 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 season for these lads uh, latest signings are Roland Banya and Dylan Duffy this is a big one. Duffer's debut season and the biggest season in a young lad's career, to be honest. So, uh, very, very interested in that 15s. Some big name managers in that league. Kevin McHugh is the Harps under oh, yeah. 15s manager. Yeah, see, that's yeah. the thing. They get all the big names, so they're trying to lure in all the best young lads. And I think Duffer, I mean, who's going to say no to Duffer? Knocking at your door, I want to sign your young lad. Yes, okay. <laughs> of course, you're going to get your young lad to sign for Duffer's team and Rovers and what, everything that's going on. And that's not being biased, lads. It's called a spade a spade. I mean, no one can match us at the moment. So uh, we have our under-12s. Well done to the young lads. Shane Robinson's young lads. And uh, they won the Cardiff FC tournament on Saturday. And a um, bit of confidence for them. That's the same team that became runners-up in the All-Ireland. So they're definitely making making big strides in their footballing careers. 
And uh, we're going to move on to our questions from the East End now. And next up, we have Brando and Mikey. Well, we were at the Roadstone and uh, we're with Mikey O'Connor and Brando Miles. And we're questions from the East End. We're going to start with Mikey. So, Mikey, who has more international caps, Jonathan Walters or Scott Brown? Scott Brown. Scott Brown, yep. Uh, he has 52 caps and four goals. Walters has 49 caps and 14 goals. Brown played in Tala last week and Walters could get a run out this week. Czechoslovakia dissolved into which two countries in 1993? Now, all the questions are relevant to what's going on and around the club at the moment. So, Prague. No, it's uh, Prague is the capital of Czech Republic, but Czech Republic and Slovakia. Name three Drake albums. Oh. Um. <sighs> I know songs. I don't know. I don't know that one. We'll move on to that one. Uh, who has more sub appearances in the league this year, you or Sean Boyd? Me. Sean Boyd, 12, you have 11, Mikey. I have more stars, don't I? Boyd, look, you probably do, yeah, I think so. Uh, how many dragons are there in Game of Thrones? Don't watch it, but the boys do. Um, seven. Three. <laughs> you could break a record here, Mikey. Um, spell Malada Boleslav. <laughs> M A L. The, uh, what's the second one? Uh, Boleslav. Ah, oh, I have my script. <laughs> M-L-A-D-A-B-O-L-E-L-B-S-L-A-V. <laughs> so I'm told that your mates call you Gaza and Paul Gascoigne scored a sublime volley in Euro 96 and did the famous dentist chair celebration. Uh, who did he score against? Argentina. <laughs> No, knocked it over his head and hit it on the volley. Oh, it was nah, Scotland. What is the name of Bristol City's mascot? Sick. Scrumby the Robin. Does that ring a bell? No. What is the Irish word for striker? No, Tussie. Um, what score did Shamrock Rovers beat Dundalk in the 2011 Satanta Cup final? Um, I usually know that. 2-1, 3-1, 2-1. 2-0. 2-0. Did free kick, wasn't it? No, that was, that was recently uh, Gary O'Neill and Billy Dennehy goals. Nice. So. It's a bit sick. Come uh, on, boy. 1. 1 out of 10. <laughs> Surely I have to beat that. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> we shovel it Surely on, I have to beat that. Surely I have to beat that. Well, moving on to Brando now. And Brando, here's your fan of Zidane. So, Zinedine Zidane scored a famous winner in the Champions League final in 2002 versus Bayern Leverkusen. Name the stadium that the, the match took place in. A 2 1 win. Left foot volley from a corner. Oh, I don't know. Hampton Park in Glasgow. Oh, never got that. Uh, which area has the higher population? The town of Casino in Italy or Tala? Tala. Yep. Tala has 100,000. Casino has 36. Your family there, don't you? Get the next day around. <clears throat> Name three Quentin Tarantino films. Italian, is it? Yeah. Huh? It's an Italian question. Never heard of that. <laughs> no, no. Well, do you know what he is? Half Italian. He's Italian-American. Oh, no. Scarface and that, is it? That's no. Scorsese, isn't it? Shit. No, I'm gone. I don't know. Uh, True Romance, Kill Bill, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Django, Hateful Eight. Heard of any of them? Yeah. Which of the current top flight clubs have you not scored against? Two. Two clubs. Dundalk and Cork. I'll give you a half a point. Dundalk and Finn Harps. Name the band that sing the East End favourite, Build Me Up Water Cup. Um, 
No. Shit. Wham. No. The foundations. That's the one. Uh, spell the word oh. pronunciation. 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 P-R-O-N-U-N-C-I-A-T-I-O-N. Yes, there you go. Yes, Brian. Look, that goes back to you and Tom are doing... Uh, Tom and Brando do Europe. Uh, what are the two clubs who compete in what is known as the Prague Derby? Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, no, I don't know. Uh, Sparta and Slavia Prague. You spent some time at Newcastle, you know, you'd named the four stands in St. James's Park. Oh, I actually don't know. No? I actually do not know. There's the Gallagher end, the Leeds' end, the Milbourne stand and the East stand. The Gallagher end, what have we got? Yeah. What is the Italian for midfielder? Um. <laughs> I guess you knew a bit of Italian. Midfielder. Oh, no. it's Perlo. No, no, no. It's Perlo. <laughs> Il centro campista. Jesus. No, I wouldn't have got that. Can you speak Italian? Who scored the winning goal versus B'nai Yehuda in Israel for Shamrock Rovers in 2010? Stephen Royce long throw in the heat in Israel. Long throw? Yeah, Stephen Royce threw in a long throw. Someone flicked it on and there was a, a neat little finish in the box. Place for Dundalk, no? I don't. Uh, Tommy Stewart. So we're gonna we'll tell you up your score. You have one, two, two and a half for Brando and one for Mikey. Yes. <laughs> so that was Mikey and Brando. Uh, I did know uh, Czechoslovakia was dissolved into Prague. Did you? Prague. <laughs> really, Mikey? Oh, and I and I thought meaning thinking the capital of Serbia was Montenegro. Was bad. Oh, they're good lads. They're good lads. I have to say, fair play to them. They gave, they gave you the time of day, and they're, they're good lads. Um, we have uh, for those of you keeping track, we have the following players left to quiz. We have Ronan Finn, Paul Curry, Simon Madden, James Duna, Dean Dillon, and Aaron Bolger. So no pressure, lads. But you need a yeah. solid ten out of ten to win the trophy. Yeah, it looks like Aaron Dobbs and Sean Heaney are going to escape our grasp. Yeah, they've been sneaking off on loan. They were sneaking off on loan, so we won't be able to get a hold of them. Did you see he was a teammate of Heaney's now at uh, Waterford. I did. I saw it was Paul Keegan. That's right, yeah. And he scored in his debut to win one nil. Do you know what? He was brilliant in Nutsy's Bowes team. Him and Deegan in the middle of the park. Two of them had a formidable partnership, and uh, he had a couple of good years. Six years at Doncaster was it? And now he's moved home. So. Definitely a good sign for Waterford, and I said scored in his debut. So there's money there. They've McDade there. They've Kenny Brown. It's definitely money on Waterford. So next up we have Carl's stats. Okay, so here we go with the stats, and we have Cork and Dundalk have won ten knockout ties each in Europe, while Rovers have nine. Rovers hold the record for most games, seventy six and sixteen wins, seven away wins, and sixty five goals. So Ronan Finn is set to make a 17 European appearance for Rovers. Their top four are Johnny Fulham with 19 and Ronnie Nolan. Frank O'Neill and Billy Dennehy with 18 each. So uh, Ronan Finn could... So possibly next year he could yeah, break the record. Yeah, Finn could, uh, could could smash that record and make it his own. Graham Borg is the only... Graham Borg is only one goal away from joining Liam Toohey and Billy Dixon as Rovers' joint highest goal scorers in Europe. Uh, Tui and Dixon have four Bork and Gary McCabe are on three and we're moving on to Bork again he is the fourth player to score two goals in the European game for overs after Billy Dixon in 1966 Eric Barber in 1969 and Kieran Marty Waters in 2015 against Progress Niedercorn wasn't it? yeah and Barber in 69 was against Schalke a famous win in the Cup Winners Cup Schalke and the game that was enshrouded by fog Fog. Well, no one even saw the two goals who was there. <laughs> uh, Graham Bork became the first Rovers player to score in successive European games since Tommy Gaynor in 1982. And forced to score in two rounds since John Jaws in the 78 European Cup Winners' Cup. The only other player to score three goals in one campaign was Billy Dixon in the 1966 Cup Winners' Cup when he scored four times in the tie with Sparta Luxembourg and Bayern Munich. Rovers haven't drawn a game away from home in 10 months. Well... The Hoops have gone 14 games without a draw. 
14 away games without a draw for the first time since 1989 and 15 will be the longest run since 56 56 that's some stuff Boleslav was Rovers first defeat in Talisman St. Patrick's Day and the first time that Rovers scored two goals and still lost any competitive home game since the 3-2 defeat in Sligo in the 2007 FAI Cup wow 10 years you're flying in with the stats this week Stephen Bradley only made one substitution against Boleslav he has done that twice this season in Kilkenny in the Leinster Senior Cup and away to Finn Harps we mentioned the stat before how about we almost always score away from home in Europe so our last nine I'll say the country you say the club okay let's go so we have Serbia Partizan Belgrade we scored England Spurs goal Greece Pauk goal Russia Kazan scored again Lithuania uh, Kaunas No Akranas Akranas Got there in the end Luxembourg uh, Progress Niederkorn The mighty Progress Niederkorn No goal Norway Osby K Yeah Finland uh, Rops Rovaniemi Yeah Goals in both of them And Iceland And uh, Sternan So we Goal are, We're definitely sco- We've goals in us Scored in eight of those nine last trips. Oh, goals in us over here, lads. We're going to get one. Getting excited about it already. And also, I have some X-rated stats for you. Oh, Carl, oh, matron. Oh, don't, don't get too excited <laughs> now. These are too hot to handle. Basically, I mean, they're buzz cutters. Oh, no. And I shouldn't be saying them at all, but here we go anyway. Don't shoot the messenger, right? These are just stats. Don't shoot the messenger. All right. No League of Ireland club has ever lost the first leg at home. In Europe and gone through to the next round. We'll book that trend though. Trendsetters at Rovers, we'll book it. Yeah, sorry, it gets worse, Gar. Oh, God. Our European record in the second leg after losing the first is 1 1, drawn 4, and lost 13. So we'd never actually gone through after losing any first leg, although we did beat Aldi Spar 3 2 after extra time in the 1998 Inter Cup. Talca Park we ended up losing 5-4 on aggregate I actually take back everything I've ever said about your stats they're off that's going to keep going so there you go on never conceded three goals in the European tie and gone through okay Dundalk did do it last year but they drew 3 okay can the players if any goals. player is listening just put your fingers just switch off now, right, right now and yeah. <laughs> this one might hurt in all competitions Rovers have overturned a first leg deficit only once in their last 32 attempts oh. since 1946. <laughs> and that was against Coleraine in the 2013 Satanta Cup. Like I said, no, it's okay. Bradley's a trendsetter. You know, he, he does these things. It's okay. Is that enough? Is that it? Don't tell me there's more. Gary's sweating here, so I'm just going to stop. Whew. All right, we're going to move on. And um, we're going to move on to our starting 11s and predictions. Okay, so this team is picking itself at this stage. I mean, it's got to be Tomer, Madden, Pico, Webby, Lukey, Trev, Finn, Connolly. I'm going to start Connolly. I think that's the only place that... Um, I think he's due a big performance. And we, we're going to have to play ball over there. So, still going to stick Connolly in. Uh, Brando Borky and Shazzy and 2 0 win 10 are on it at 50s <laughs> and all of us to miss the charter and born down Prague just very specific prediction <laughs> yeah I mean I, I, I was there McAllister in Dundalk I think that game was suit him yeah this game I would agree with you I think we need Conley we need a big performance from him we need to see the reason we signed him all the good things he did at Galway yeah He's shown in in bits and pieces for us so far. He has good range of passing. And um, we're going to need that. So this is a battle cry for you, Mister Connolly. As for prediction, as I said, I don't think uh, I don't think we can keep a clean sheet. So going for a bittersweet two-one win. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> right. So the Don Dark game uh, originally scheduled for Friday has been moved to Sunday at five p.m. at Oriel Park. So we've got stats and predictions for that game as well. Yeah, still no day for the Limerick away game. Our next home league game is going to be the 28th against Bowles. So 
At that stage, we'll have gone five weeks without a home league game. Yeah, five weeks without a home league game. So a double dose of stats today for you lucky listeners. Um, Rovers' 2-1 win over Dundalk in May was their first victory against the Lily Whites since the 2014 FAI Cup quarter-final replay at Oriel Park, a run of 11 games. The Hoops haven't won a league game here since September 2011. Since 2010, Rovers have won 10, drawn 3, and lost two domestic games after Europe. So we haven't really had a European hangover. Well, that was of. one of the trademarks under O'Neill, wasn't it? Yeah. After... I think After Juve was the 3 0, where it was, Mr. Uh, yeah. Flynn booted a jibbo. I think the only one where we stepped up was it was a 3 all draw. Was Fingal after? In Fingal, yeah. yeah. And there was a cup game at home to UCD. I remember that was just after Belgrade. Um, but in the league, I think the only points we dropped under O'Neill was that Fingal game. Yeah, that was a cracker of a game. That, that out there in Morton Stadium with Modena esque rain. It was brilliant. Um. Both defeats were at the showgrounds in the 2011 FAI Cup and League this month. Uh, Dundalk have lost the same number of games as last season already. Six games. Rovers had the joint highest away defeats with seven. And that's with Dryden and Sligo. So our away form needs to pick up in the league. Since the 1-1 draw between Dundalk and Rovers in September 2016, Dundalk have drawn only one of their 30 league games. A scoreless draw with Derry two months ago. Uh, Rovers and Dog and Bowes are the only teams yet to draw away. Rovers are 12 away league games without a draw. The longest since a run of 17 in 1958. Dundalk have five league wins in a row with clean sheets. Since their defeat at Tallet on May 5th, they've won eight, drawn one and lost one. So that was like a kick up the hole, wasn't it? Mm. The loss to us. Uh, at home to Cork, the only goals they conceded in those 10 games were Sean Maguire's hat-trick. Michael Duffy was a second half sub in the win at Bowes. He had started every league game before that. Simon Madden is ever present for Rovers. And the only league game that Ronan Finn didn't start was at Oriel Park on the opening day. He was struggling with an injury, wasn't he? So that's it for the stats this week. Carl, you've got some news on a uh, a cool match. Yeah, the Shamrock Rovers legends will play at the ROI Masters on Sunday, July 23rd in Rolston. So that's a 5pm kickoff. And that's an aid of Brian Slattery's life-saving treatment so, so it's a great cause great guys. cause yeah get your tickets and head down you'll see some legends like uh you've got brian morris row there you've got robbo's playing too robbo you've got mcphail you've got bradzer you've got yeah we've got desi baker there as well uh great lineup from the hoops so well worth going down to and for like we said for a great cause unfortunately the uh pride of rings and five side was cancelled though yeah which is which is I mean, it will rise from the ashes like a phoenix. So we will keep you posted on this great event. Uh, Tales from the East End will have a team in. We were favourites at Evens. I think that's what scared them off. They saw we had a team. They said, cancel that. The lads will lash us out. Obviously, there was a lot going on. Europe and a lot of games in quick succession. So, Ah, yeah, it'll be back. I've no doubts about it. So like I said, we will keep you posted. So, Joe, you keep us posted, we will keep the listeners posted. And uh, we have another great cause coming up here as well as part of the Gaza Kids to Ireland initiative. Um, with Gaza Action Ireland to bring up 20 kids from Al-Halal Football Academy in Gaza to Ireland for a 10-day visit from July 28, 2017. So a number of Shamrock Rover fans got together and approached the group with an idea to include a trip to Tallah Stadium to cheer on Rovers against Derry on August 4th. So following a number of meetings, including a proposal to Shamrock Rovers FC, the club welcomed the idea and have been very engaging with the Gaza Kids to Tallah Fans initiative. So far they've raised nearly €2,200 of their 3000 gold. So hashtag Gaza Kids to Tala and support this great cause so um, now we're going to move on and our badges selling strongly with a handful left so if you uh, happen to nab us in Prague I'm sure you can get your hands on them we also yeah. take points in exchange for badges we were selling them in the in Tala last week and you said a steward asked you were you selling cigarettes yeah no copper a guard, a copper, he actually came over to me and he was looking around looking underneath and he goes just making sure you're not selling cigarettes there I said no I'll wait for you to walk away until I do that <laughs> you know, he seemed like he was being serious Deco Fitzsimons won the Euro draw to the Czech Republic the jammy fucker um, we have uh, Ray Whelan Senior won the jersey as well so uh, congratulations to both men looking like it's looking like we've over 250 going Carl 
Yeah, it's planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, we are going to take over Prague and its surrounding areas. Uh, so get ready, Prague. We're coming for you. <laughs> so we have the weather forecast. Factor 50 on Wednesday and rain jackets on Thursday is what it looks like. Yeah, it's it looks a strange like, one, isn't it? Looks like between 26 and 27 degrees on Wednesday and then upwards of 31 on Thursday with a rainstorm or something. The shorts will be out. Uh, what else have we got? We've some got people uh, fearing another Modena. Yeah, it would be a bit of crack though, wouldn't it? Yeah. Speaking of Modena, did you see the the bizarre transfer of Leonardo Bonucci? Yeah, I saw AC that. Milan. I was shocked to be honest. Forty million. Forty million. They've spent a quite a few. They spent. They spent millions in in the off season. So Milan are trying to get back to their their glory days. But forty million for Bonucci at what, thirty odd years of age. <laughs> Chiellini, Bonucci, and Marchisio. They all played against us seven years ago. Yeah. And they were all still there together until now. Now yeah. they're broken up. Chiellini, one of my uh, one of my favourite defenders. Great to have seen him live against RT, against Rovers. Uh, now we've got the cost, which in contrast to Reykjavik is insane. I mean, we've we've negotiated a deal with the Dubliner to give us 20% off, which works out at 250 if you drink if you drink lager for the local stuff. Sterile plamen and uh, three thirty to three fifty, give or take, for bummers. So it beats tenner for bummers and seven for 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 lager over there. Sure does. I think we paid thirty five quid in to the game. This is six euro. Six euro. I mean, come on, <laughs> come on, brilliant. And the sun is going to be shining. Oh, heaven, heaven. Um. What else have we got? Yeah, the Dubliner, we spoke about that. So, Jen is the girl we will be dealing with. So, um, apparently she is letting us you leave our bags there as well before the game. So, fair play to her. That would be the base. And we can shoot off and find out all the other stuff and other pubs if you want. So, Yeah, the Dubliner looks like they're going to show the Dundalk game at 7.15 and then sell the good 8.45 if you want to watch those two. So, there you go. There'll be something to do on the Wednesday. Some people actually give an out of bill 2.50 a point. They're giving out because it's an Irish bar and they don't want to go to an Irish bar. But listen, pub's a pub. And Ray Whelan made a great point and said he's not going to sit there some little dingy local dive and 10 minutes away in the action when we're going to be right in the middle of the square there, hang up our flags, take over the place and drink at 250 points. Even get cans and drink in the square. Either way, it'd be good for all the Rovers fans to stay in the same place. End up in the same place for a couple of hours anyway, you know. Then... You can go off and do whatever you want and see what the Prague nightlife has to offer. Gary's been telling me things <laughs> off air. Lots of, lots of interesting Shut things. Shut up, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so here at Tales in the East End, we have decided to make a handy vocab guide full of phrase books that you might need when you're over in Prague. So, Carl... Is Hooper's, gonna, uh, Hooper's phrase book. Yeah, you're gonna, Carl's going to read out the English and then I'm going to read out the Czech. Okay, so these are the important ones. And these can't be fries. Mash niaki svernati ranolki. Where's the jacks? Kadeye yaks. Fuck off, ref. Kurvar rozhojki. Any yolks? Yakav olive yehov. So there's just a couple of handy sentences for you lads. That'll get you through the night. So uh, that's that's a bit of cultural diversity for you here at the uh, East now. I think that's it for this week's episode. We hope you've enjoyed it and uh, have a bit of a rallying cry for the players. Now this one, this this sign off goes out for the players, so it's it's. I'm not sure if they listen. If if they do, I'm, I, we want them to go out there and be fearless, express themselves like they did in the fourth leg, show the same courage as O'Neill's troops did in Belgrade, just like the legendary four in a row league winners in the eighties and the six in a row cup conquerors in the sixties. The same fearless determination the 400 club showed in the face of adversity when they saved their beloved hoops from the brink of extinction and the sword of the GAA and Thomas Davis. So remember lads, we're in the stand for you and go out and be there for us. So keep on hooping folks. Uvedime se praze. Now.